This is the More to the Story podcast with Dr. Andy Miller. We hope you guys enjoyed today's conversation. Welcome to the More to the Story podcast with Dr. Andy Miller. I am delighted to have on the line today with me, Phil Legger, who's a singer-songwriter. Phil, welcome to the podcast. Hey, thanks for having me, Andy. Absolutely. Well, I I know many people in my audience will know you through your work as a singer and songwriter, and um, you've really influenced a generation, more than just a generation, but a whole segment for 20, 25 years here had a huge influence on people through your music, and it's taken you many places and continents, and I would love to hear about your journey and even some of the challenges come through that. Would you just kind of let some people know who you are? Sure. Uh, You're very kind. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, I... I, I am a, uh, a Salvationist by birth. Uh, my right. parents uh, were Salvation Army officers my entire, most of the southern part of the United States. We were in the southern territory of the Salvation Army. Uh, and then, um, yeah, I, after, after college and getting married, um, as you just alluded to, uh, my wife and I actually moved to Australia for uh, seven years. Wow. I worked for the Salvation Army. I'm skipping a bunch of stuff, but I yeah, I, I worked work for the Salvation Army in Australia, uh, in Sydney, um, what was then the Southern Territory. It's now just, you know, Australia One. But I, I worked for the Salvation Army f- for um, for four years in Sydney, and then uh, three years we, we moved up to Maitland, which is two hours, so sorry, four years in Melbourne, and then two, and three years we moved up to Maitland, which is two hours north of Sydney, okay. uh, to be w- with my wife's parents. So that's where my wife is from. Gotcha. So it was a real, real special treat to, you know, sort of be really close to her parents for that part of our life. And then uh, in 2016, uh, we, with some friends of ours who were attending the same core uh, church community in Australia, uh, decided to move to New York to help start a ministry and uh, it was first with the Salvation Army and then not with the Salvation Army. And a lot of stuff happened. In the middle of that, I got um, put back together with uh, my friends right. Anna and Marty. And we are outside worship. And so that, that's, uh, that's, the, that's the big eagle, eagle-eye view of, of, of what's happened in my life over the past. Yeah. However long. So outside worship is... Your, your ba- how would you describe it? Like, would you call it a band, a praise and worship, like collective? What is uh, what is this group that you're in now? And of course, these are friends of mine too. With, uh, yeah, with Marty yeah. It's um, it's interesting because um, outside worship started because of a need for fellowship and community uh, that we all found ourselves uh, in different circumstances, but in. God having moved us to New York. Um, and so... Uh, and you didn't move there. Sorry for me interrupting. You didn't oh, move it, there for each other. Like, no. Independent. Like, you all no. came there for different reasons, right? Right. So, Anna and Justin Street were there. They'd been there for a decade. Right. Uh, uh, ministering with the church there. Uh, and uh, Marty and, and Joy had just moved up a year before we moved. For, for a different reason, and we moved there to plant a church. Every that all fell through, and we found ourselves in the same living room, wow, praying, worshiping together. And out of that, God uh, 
really just mo- moved us into a season of uh, opening doors for us to minister together, and that's what outside worship came out of. Yeah, awesome. So it's interesting. Um, I, I remember when I was in college, that same group uh, add in a drummer named Lee Wilson. I had to go there. I have to go there. This is kind of like a, you know a popular ensemble, like a DC Talk, going back to their oh, their man. new thing album. But you did have you did have a, a previous iteration of this, right? Was it quarter past three, four? Quarter past three. Okay. So in two thousand one, we were we were all in Atlanta together, and uh, just you know very wet behind the ears, right. uh, and and we 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 had about a year and a half. To where we were doing similar stuff. And, you know, that was the beginning of transmission, really, in, in a lot of ways. It was the beginning of a lot of the stuff we were doing uh, in terms of renewal in worship, in terms of uh, taking old hymns and yeah. rem- all of that stuff was the beginning of it. And once we said goodbye to that, we never thought God would call us back together again. Right. Uh, we're a little older now. We have kids. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Okay, let's go back to that period. So transmission. Some people don't know what you're talking about. They might be thinking you're speaking of a part of a car or something. So tell yeah. us, and, and of course, as a, as a powerful name, but tell us a little about that period and what that meant to you. And that that's in some ways what happened from there and the fruit of your and Marty's work to songwriting together. And I don't mean to discount others who were involved with that, you know, administrators, producers, all kinds of people. But I mean, primarily the creative side was coming from, from you and Marty, but I'd love for you to tell us about that period and what that meant to you. Yeah, so um, uh, in 2002, I guess, it, well, around, I won't go into dates because I'm notoriously bad with dates, but around that time, yeah, the Salvation Army really gave me, uh, and leadership, and I, and I could name some names, Major Eddie Hopgood, right. uh, Colonel Eddie Hopgood now, um, it really gave and others in leadership really gave us an opportunity to uh, to branch out a little bit. I was a song. I am a songwriter. That's right. just how God has made me. Uh, and um, there was a territorial youth event where I was asked to take a look at a couple of things uh, in the songbook in the Salvation Army songbook, the hymn book of the Salvation Army, yeah. uh, and see if I could put some you know, new music to it to uh, to sort of bridge the gap between generations. Right, right. Uh, and, and, I, and, and, you know, I had already sort of been doing that in my private private worship times. Mm-hmm. And so that was, uh, that was one event, and it, it just opened a whole bunch of doors to me being employed by the Salvation Army in the Southern Territory to do that on a full-time basis. And kudos to, to the leadership at the time for having the vision to see that, there was a, a need for people and a desire for uh, contemporary worship. It was, you know, it was back when that was a, a buzz phrase, right, you know, right. worship. Um, but, you know, they saw the need and saw that I had the desire and Marty had the desire and others had the desire to to go full, full speed ahead with this and really put a lot of resources into albums uh, right. and, and that kind of thing that, that yeah, just really, really... Uh, um, allowed those songs uh, to to have a, a broader audience, and people were hungry for it. Amen. So, yeah, they were. Yeah. I was. So it's yeah. interesting. What happens is, like, as this was going on, you guys are doing this somewhat organically. Like, okay, you get invited to youth councils here. Maybe it's just you and Marty. Maybe you're able to bring a fuller ensemble. Then you do some larger youth events. That creates a, a bit of a community that's surrounding this, and then eventually it becomes known as Transmission 
And right. is then uh, you guys are kind of like officially, I'm not gonna say the rock stars, but but the, the rock the the worship group, kind of like the the cutting edge contemporary music of yeah. the Salvation Army. Yeah. Did I get that right? Yeah. Did, I, did I say? Yeah, no, you got that right. And transmission stands for it was a clever name, and actually, uh, a, a mutual friend actually coined that term. You've already, before we started, you mentioned yeah. Russ Rook. Right. We were reaching out to say, "Hey, what should we name this thing?" Uh, we 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 had uh, what were some of the other names? And can we could have been called the Tenth Leper? Uh, with <laughs> one of the one Good of our names. <laughs> but transmission um, uh, stands for trans transforming worship into mission, which is so in line with the DNA of the Salvation Army. Right, uh, and so um, that that got a lot of buy-in from leadership too. So. And at the same time, there and, and you talk about Russ Rook, who had been on my uh, my former podcast, Captain's Corner. Um, there was a, a movement with the Army in the mid '90s, and by the time you guys were coming, in, you know, tw- 2002, 2006, and that that period, like it, well, I won't say it was it was at a new phase with the Roots movement, but there was a way that they're kind of they had an album that came out with one of their first conferences, but there wasn't a real full expression of the musical side to it. And I think that there's something to the fact that that your connection to Russ and maybe even the Roots side of things describes how that really was a work of the spirit in the life of the army because not only was there a, a, a message like a content a theology a perspective but there the lord supplied a way to sing about it and I, I think that that was what was distinct in that period yeah absolutely you know with the whole roots movement and, and i actually had the opportunity to go visit uh roots england and um roots uk and and uh yeah, and sing, I actually got to sing with, uh, oh gosh, the name escapes me. Now, well, I got to sing with with some really cool people over there. And uh, yeah, it, it, it's, it was, I, I think you're right, Andy, it was a, a move of the spirit and, and people were paying attention and God was just, you know, uh, unleashing a, a fresh, uh, you know, renewal, uh, spirit renewal and, 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 uh, yeah, it was cool to be a part of that. Yeah, sure. Uh, well, I want to come back to that because it was from that period that the songs that at this point probably that you're most known for, um, I'm in his hands, send the fire, came out of that uh, that time period. I want to come back to that later because I want to talk specifically about those songs. Sure. But I, what, I, what I'm really interested in is, is even connected to this idea of what's happening with Roots and this kind of move that was happening in that time period. You developed an audience and and I and I'm really cautious with that using that language because I I think we're hesitant to use humility as a club, not just in the Salvation Army, but in the in the church as a whole. And so, well, we don't want Phil that to put himself on the pedestal or Andy to have a podcast or whatever it is. We have to just be very cautious with that. But there was there was something happening that was distinct, and there were people like me. And yeah. hundreds, maybe thousands of others who were looking for what you were providing. And then you've like had to steward that. And I, I'm curious about this audience that developed because at the same time, I think I speak for other people too who are part of the Salvation Army side of your audience. We all want you to be like really well known in other places too. We want people to experience what we've experienced with your music. Um, and I think I, I could say the same thing about brass band music and like um, other things that are part of a, are the cultural side of the Salvation Army. Well, I want to share that with the, the church at large. But at the same time, this is a really distinct little 
group, the Salvation Army. So talk to me a little bit about like who you think your audience is. And uh, this might get into interesting territory, but let's go there. Yeah, that, that is an interesting ca- uh, question. Um, oh, man, how, how much time do we have? We <laughs> well, could, I, could, I could go way back. I I'm could sure. go way back. But I'll just say this. You know, I already mentioned that I grew up in the Salvation Army. Right. My entire elementary and middle school and, and, and high school experience was uh, avoiding the fact that I was associated just because, you know, the, with the Salvation Army, just because of w- w- whenever I was in those other contexts yeah. uh, outside of core church life, you know, uh, a sort of, a sort of a, a, you know, an inferiority complex when it came to, and I think that that's, that's probably true for, for right. a lot of people in the Salvation Army. Um, I, I think who is my audience? Um, I, I, it feels like such a dirty question, Andy. Oh uh, man, I'm sorry. But, but no, 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 not dirty, dirty, dirty. It, <laughs> oh, like in marketing, like you feel like, oh, but, like but, you're, yeah. You're, yeah. Well, Who yeah, are you stewarding, but, stewarding this this yeah. group that you have the opportunity to serve? I mean, you serve me through your music, your recordings, yeah. your piano playing. Yeah. So, like, let's think of it like that. I was thinking just this morning, actually, just about how you know how Paul talks about, uh, you know, I have. He says, I have a. I have a, um, I'm not, I have a sphere of influence. Right, right. I'm, I'm not, I'm not going to go outside my sphere of influence. Uh, and I think, uh, uh, I think that's a very healthy perspective. You know, I, I have def- there have definitely been times where I've thought, man, Lord, why do you keep on putting me in the Salvation Army? Why, <laughs> why, why, you know, why? Yeah. And um, not, and you know, a good friend of mine, sort of pointed me out on this at one time and, and, uh, and said, Hey, Phil, you know, um, it's no less of a thing to minister in the Salvation Army than it is to minister in other churches. Right. And I had to sort of, uh, and he's right. And, um, I think my, that's a health, that's just a healthy perspective to have, you know, wherever God is leading is going to be the best. And so obviously if the Lord's put me here, that's where he wants me to be. And that's the people that he wants me to minister to. Yeah, well, um, this is this is a little the- theological tension. Um, the days I cannot see have all been oh. planned for me. So uh, and now, and now I also give Stanley Dittmer a little bit of credit. I'm sure you take a lot of heat for Stanley <laughs> Dittmer. <laughs> but I mean, the, I, honestly, I feel like you know the people are so quick. Maybe once they like, kind of learn, have get a little theological vocabulary, and they kind of learn about oh, okay, distinctives of. Uh, um, Wesleyan thought that, oh, I don't like that line. Well, there's there's nothing to say. I just want to stand up for you and Stanley Dittmer uh-huh. here. There's nothing to say. God has not planned our days, right? And that doesn't mean that it's a denial of free will. I just want to, want to and, and, and it goes along with the same idea. You, you and, and, and as an officer, when I was serving as an officer, actually while we're recording this, is my last three weeks of establishment as an officer. Um, it's a kind of like the idea of bloom where you're planted. And you grew up with that too. I mean, you and I both are officers' kids. We kind of have to just assume that yeah, God is in this. You know, people might have made a mistake and sent him here, or maybe I made a mistake. And well, I'm trusting that God's leading and guiding my life to this next phase. But you're you're kind of in this place where it's like, man, I'd rather it. You, there's some kind of annoying things about this movement. And I'm sure if we were in the Nazarene church, we'd have something similar to say there. But you're you're planted with this audience that's a distinct weird at times, beautiful community. <laughs> yeah. And there is the, in, in along with that, there is the uh, independent singer songwriter promotion aspect of 
uh, they're, they're, if you don't have any ambition to right. do anything, you're, you're not going to go anywhere. But, you know, you mentioned uh, Send the Fire and, all, and and actually around the same time I wrote the song I Surrender, right. which is, you know, is sort of the cornerstone of, of, of my perspective on where I'm supposed to be, you know. You know, I, I it's just... It, if I if if I'm pushing so hard, you, you have to question what are you pushing for? What do you mm. what are you push? Are you pushing so that you will be well known? Are are you pushing so that um, you know people will think more? What, what whatever you know? Well, what's your what's your what's your end goal here, Philip? And you know, if it's to glorify God, and, and then it's I'm gonna <laughs> I'm gonna be happiest wherever I am. Right. So I Surrender, let's get into that. Talk talk to me about, like, obviously that's a song that God's used very powerfully. You know, it's been, you know, a a real true test for a Salvation Army contemporary song. And I'm sorry to have to even use that language, Salvation Army contemporary song. Like, I don't even like that. But (laughs) I I, I have a reason for saying that is because it's made its way, it's made its way into multiple band pieces. Okay. So you've done something. I mean, if you can crack that nut. I mean, you... I've, I've arrived. I've pretty much <laughs> arrived. <laughs> yeah. So talk to me about that song a little bit. And uh, I'd love to, yeah, go ahead. No, no. It's um, so that song came out of just a time of early on in my marriage. Um, uh, still just questioning where I wanted to go in life, what I wanted to do. And, and frankly, why things weren't happening as fast as I wanted them to. I'd have several brushes with uh, the music, the professional music business, people who really said they like my stuff, but that I just went nowhere. Mm. Uh, and, and, and that's still true today. But then, uh, I just came to a point of, you know, I, I, it was a, it was, yeah, it was a, just, just a realization of what I was pushing for. Again, I know I've already said this, but you know, uh, I surrender my life to your blood. I, I, you know, that's it's a it's a declaration of of that of the sufficiency of Christ's right. atonement for me. I Which is a my, key moment, by the way. Like uh, you know, people, like, and I don't think people might realize. Like, okay, you think of okay, Phil, Marty, Roots, whatever, cutting edge, okay, contemporary. Um, unfortunately, even since the time of Roots. There have been divergence paths, and somebody, some folks who are there, some have moved uh, away from orthodoxy. Let's just—I'm just going to be pretty blunt. But even you saying, "I surrender my life to His blood," mm-hmm. like that—that that already oh, distinguishes yourself away from uh, popular uh, mainstream liberalism, and that's—that's—that's that's, that's kind of where I see kind of like the progressive Christianity movement going. But I'll, go ahead. What were you going to say? No, I was going to agree with you, and just just that I have I have led that song in in what I thought was a a good place to lead it in a in, in a um, in a contemporary meeting uh, of which I was the guest, and I had somebody come up to me later and and tell me that that's going to turn people off. Sure, you can't say that. But if we get away from Jesus' blood and His cross, that is the central. That, I mean, that, that is the central thing. Yeah, we can talk about you know different theologies of what the cross is and all, all right, that kind right. of stuff, but but we can't get away from the the cleansing blood. You know, I mean, it, 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 talk about salvation is like orthodox salvationism. Yeah, like uh, yeah, that's central for me. It, so, it assumes. Yeah. Um, oh, go ahead. It assumes almost like he, 
that in, in an interpretation of Isaiah 53. It, it assumes that like we, it, it, people can talk about uh, penal substitutionary nature of the atonement, but you, it's so easy to kind of attack that view. But at the same time, you cannot move away from the substitutionary nature of the atonement. At the same time, you have all these other dimensions, of course, that we are, we're willing to highlight. But the fact that Christ died for us is so key. And it's so that even just those words, Phil, and this is what I want to highlight with you today of like how God used your craft is that that implies even an understanding of sin. That's so critical. Like that, that we, we have something that we need the blood for. It's yes. very powerful. Amen. amen. Yeah. Amen. We do. And, and, uh, I mean, thanks for the, I mean, that's very encouraging. I'm, I'm thankful. And, you know, to be honest, Danny, I've I've been writing so long now <laughs> that I forget. Like I for, I've forgotten what what has led me uh, to some of those things. But you know that that um, surrender to um, you know just the coming to the end of myself. I think that's what that song is, and I think everyone has to right. to 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 be a Christian means to come to the end of yourself to and to realize God's waiting there for you. Amen. Amen. That's great. You know, and and. Uh, uh, I surrender my life to your blood, my name for your glory. Yeah, you know, the, the, but you're right. That's the you can't go any further until you you surrender to 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 the to the saving work of Jesus. Yeah, um, but yeah. I love it. I don't, uh, know, I don't know where we're going with that. Yeah, I know. Well. I got off. Well, that was about your career and how that's why. Yeah, now, yeah. let me. But in case I want to make sure people know, like. Now, as an independent singer-songwriter, and you have outside worship as well, and I'm sure there's the other gigs that you're able to do here and there. But really, like the way the way that you're going to probably survive and provide for your family is like through Patreon or some, or some, some, some sort of like crowdsourcing. I mean, how do you do it or how can, it's hard. Um, and it's, um, yeah, I mean, I'm not sidestepping the question, but I do have friends who are very successful at that and who, um, not as many in the in the worship leading, uh, worship songwriting uh, genres, but I do have friends outside of that, independent musicians who are are doing pretty well with the Patreon, uh, and and we have run. I've done Kickstarter for some reason. My audience is is big on the Kickstarters. I've done three or four successful Kickstarters. They like the one off things, right? Um, but yeah. Um, People, you know, tip jars and, and that kind of thing. I'm still working on a plan. I, I do have a, um, uh, I do have a subscription that really only a few people are on right now on Bandcamp. Okay. Uh, that people can access and they get my entire back catalog uh, for like, I think it's $7 a month. Um, okay. And then you get all the new stuff for free too. So, And that's so important, I guess. It- if we like what you do, <laughs> which I'm going to say, I'm a part of the we that does, like, <laughs> then I need to think about doing that. Like, and I need, uh, people need to really consider, like, if we want to have artists yeah. uh, creating content that we can enjoy, that not just enjoy, that can benefit our life, like, well, this is something that might be worth sacrificing to make sure we can make happen. Yeah. And, and I want to be really, I, I got to be careful here because there are so many more important right. justice issues of the day. Um, I think it's it's hard though because we have gone towards not just away from a, a physical to a digital, but away from a purchase to a subscription and then to a streaming where, where artists don't get paid a lot. And I don't know if you could put this in your show notes, but there's an 
excellent video by Brian Dirksen, who's a, a fantastic worship songwriter who whose songs many of your audience yeah, uh, sure. artists would know. But he's he's put out a video just about how it's um, it's actually not just the compensation that artists receive, just based on the models that have been set up that that people have bought into Spotify, Apple Music, all those kind of things. They really have uh, undercut the worth of art mm. uh, and 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 adjust uh, and going forward. I think. Uh, again, there's so many more issues of justice to be concerned about that are way higher than this. But there is the issue of, wait a second, these people are producing something, and and I'm not, and and corporations are making money off of the backs of, of artists. It's it's actually not just right. So, no, it, and, and if we believe God's equipped people to do this as a profession, certainly it's a biblical concept that there are people who are mus- musicians in Scripture as a vocation, and they are compensated yeah. for that. Well. Um, is, it is something that if we value that we need to put and yeah. I and I tried to hire you a long time ago uh, <laughs> so uh, like I try in the Salvation Army my little slant was man I well let's pay people let's pay let's pay people to come yeah. in and I couldn't yeah. believe you didn't want to come for twenty five thousand uh, you know <laughs> yeah well you're you're you you're in good company of people who've who've uh, tried to give me a a a, a lifeline and I have uh, I've not accepted so there you go <laughs> but it's all kind of like connect i think in general to your vocation now let me, just because i want to make sure i get this in i'm sorry look at my clock and i'm new to youtube folks so we're giving our best shot um i'm not sure where to look if i look at phil or look at me or look at the middle i'm trying all of them okay so if i don't get it forgive me i'll have to take a lesson on that so we talked about a few words i surrender my life to your blood i also want to talk about a few words that are very powerful that ended up i think if people listen to it from the soldier's hymn, it's very, and it's it's subversive in a holy way. Um, and you know where I'm going. Let our uniform be, right? Okay, and I won't even, let our, now, now here, I'm, I can't remember the word, justice and mercy? Is that what it, let, holiness and mercy. Oh, even better, even better, holiness and mercy. So now that is a shift in, in, in kind of like taking the, I, the word uniform in a whole another way than what's implied. Tell, now, maybe that was Marty's words. I don't know, but I thought you wrote that. Um, tell me about I those did, words. I, made Marty, I did, but I made Marty sing it when it came to the time to record it. Gotcha. <laughs> so, so subversive that I backed away because I was a chicken. No, that, that came out of um, um, the song started fr- in a frustration, just to be okay. honest. And I've shared this with other people before. This is not new. But I, I I was frustrated, and I've, I I will admit that I have been a rebel at times, and, and a rebel without good cause. But um, I, there were times when I was in in a place of active, we call it in the South, active uniform wearing Salvationist, where I, I wouldn't wear a uniform to sunday and we we that's a whole to to, sure, to, sure. to go on sunday where everybody already already knows who you are and the and the uniform i don't understand the purpose of it there anyway but anyway let's not go down the rabbit hole let me say uh oh my my family has this line from the uh three amigos and uh we say it's a very powerful moment in the three amigos where it says uh, we all have our, our El Guapos, right? <laughs> okay, so we all have our El Guapos. And, 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 and if you, as if, as Phil and I talk about the uniform, just a little bit, just a little bit. Uh, 
my friends who are in the Methodist church, the Nazarene church, look, you have your El Guapos too. We just have one that happens to be clothes that we wear. Exactly. So I think someone, and it wouldn't have been the first time, it might have been a cumulative effect with me. You know, someone said something to me that I wasn't wearing my uniform. Not how are you doing? Not not how is your heart? Not are you okay? Not what's going on in your life lately? Um, and it's not everybody's fault. I had some great mentors, but I do think that there, you know, in, in, there were there were there have been times when people have been more concerned with optics than the heart of people, and that was that really that really hit me, angered me, hurt me. But it led me to to prayer, and it led me to say, okay, well then, what is a purpose of a uniform? Right. And even more so, let our uniform be holiness and mercy. Right. You know, um, but by saying let here you go, like yeah. it's like that's an imperative challenge, right? And, and, and rightfully so, let the people praise the Lord. Okay, well, maybe they're not, right? And so it's just we're asking people to join us in that. Let our uniform be holiness, right? And it's beautiful you choose that language because, like, um, at the same time, like I'm somebody who's coming from the Orthodox Wesleyan perspective and. And often people, we just need to preach holiness some more. We just need to do be holiness. Well, there it is. I mean, we're, we're emphasizing that. Like that's our the way that we love Jesus with all of our heart, soul, and mind and our neighbor as ourself. Like that should be on display. That's what needs to mark us. I'll tell you, I'll, I, I kind of caught you off guard. That I'll, I'll give you a, one way that I've uh, played with this language myself. Um, and I hope it could be a book at some point, but I had a, a sermon series called Uniformed, Uniformed. What are the things that unite us? And I started off by saying, um, I go in description, like this is this was an, uh, an issue that really riled the Salvation Army. People were up in arms about it. They said, we'll never be the same. The youth are just wanting to get their way. And I go through all these lists of things that are involved. And I said, what do you think that is? And they say the uniform. And I say, no, no, it's actually the bonnet. You, people didn't want to wear the bonnet, like, and I show a picture, like, it, it, it's, it is a form of a function, like, the function of the uniform is supposed to happen, and, and you, maybe vocal on Facebook, of course, the challenge is, like, often, like, if you wear a uniform to church, but then you're not ever wearing it on the outside, you're kind of defeating the purpose, and I think what those few words did, Phil, do, Phil, and it's doing something that's active, is mm. it's challenging us to think, is this really functioning? And it, mm-hmm. it not it isn't always. I'm I'm one who's worn a uniform for 14 years almost every day, and I've seen it function, but m- not generally functioning well within the context of worship. Okay, I gave a little bit of space there. I love love for you. Oh, that's that's great. I think um, it's interesting. You know, um, I, I, my parents as officers were stationed at the uh, the college that, right. uh, in, in Atlanta for several years. And there's a hallway in that in that college uh, with uh, memorabilia and, and and stuff from Salvation Army history. And there's I remember walking by so many times this plaque that says, "I want to wear a uniform that meant um, salvation for the world and war to the teeth." I think it was Elijah Cadman who said that, and and that really stuck in my mind. And, and like like that's 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 captivating i mean talking about captivating yeah sure but also the the i think that there is a flip side of that 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 you've already alluded to um that you know what 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 it's it's about consistency it's about it's about it's about purpose and you know um what's more important god you know man looks at the outward appearance but the lord looks at the heart right right Um, and, and so um yeah uh uh 
I apologize, and you're welcome. <laughs> I take it, and 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 I, I just join with you in that. I think that it's helpful getting to the actual function and not being dependent upon the forms. Like, there's so much that can change. Like, I, I was around a, a really well-known um, music leader in the Salvation Army, and I, re- I was sitting in on a, on a rehearsal, and I have a, like a bit of a brass band bone in me, and like I, I love the music. It's kind of like a soul music for me. I, but uh, I remember there's a clear moment where he. He, we were playing. They're playing a piece by a, a contesting band, a British band, and he said, very dramatically, "The brass band movement needs this composer." And I thought in that moment, that's not the movement I'm a part of. Like I like I like that, I like the music, right? But I, I'm a part of something different. And, and, and what am I going to be uniformed? buy in the world and i think there are other principles that are more foundational than some of the forms that we have so the salvation army can be the salvation army without the uniform i'm not now phil and i aren't calling for that but let's just think a little deeper Uh, maybe you are i don't know i'll let you know what you want to call for don't don't put me in that (laughs) no that's i that's that's true um you know, it, it, what are the fundamentals? And, you know, people like Phil Needham right. and, 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 and others, Shaquille, I think of, uh, and, and Russ and, and others who are escaping me right now, but causing us to wrestle with what is, what is, what is fundamental. I, th- I, uh, you know, uh, uh, ten, a tangent related to this. I know that uh, um, somebody we both know, Steve Carter, has just come out with a book called The Thing Beneath the Thing that I'm, I'm really looking uh, forward to reading, but I, I'm guessing it, it deals with some of those. Those uh, you should get him on. You should get Steve Carter. I on had him too. on once uh, on yeah. Captain's Corner, and but I, I need to have him on again for sure. Yeah, because that the what's the thing beneath the thing? You know what is what are the essentials? And and you're right, the fo- the form can look different, but what what is the um, what is the what's what's beneath it all? Uh, and love for I kept thinking as I was thinking, okay, what's Andy going to talk to me about today? I kept thinking. Love for God, Phil. Love, love for your neighbor. You know, those yeah. are. That's it. That's the that's the fundamentals. You know. Right, and I think uh, within the context of a worshiping community, like or, or a denomination, there's something too about documents that unite us. Scripture, primarily, right? Like, uh, and and in the Salvation Army, the Soldiers' Covenant seems to be a something that is, uh, we're all unite on. The, the Soldier's Covenant says nothing about not practicing the sacraments. It doesn't say anything about wearing a uniform. I don't yeah. think, right? Um, but it, it, there's nothing in the uh, I will statements about that. But there, there is a, a and the, the why I love, why I'm still, even after leaving officership and becoming just a soldier again, I um, think uh, the, that covenant unites us and is, is a classic Orthodox Wesleyan view of the world. And so I, I like to sh- shoot back, okay, love for God, love for neighbor. That's expressed pretty well also in these 11 articles of faith and these uh, lifestyle commitments as well. So to me, I think covenant faithfulness um, to soldier's covenant is something that we might be able to, to go back to as opposed to 155 years of forms. Yeah, so. absolutely. I, I would... Um and you, we don't have time for this, Andy, but I would, something I've been wrestling with the past oh, decade or so is, you know, this question of, and maybe you have a, a really nice short answer you can give me, but I, I'd be happy to take it. But my question is, I don't know, uh, you know, you have the marriage covenant where it's two people. Oh, yeah. To, 
um, what what is the and, and they have a commitment to each other. They both have things to uphold. Yeah. What does the army have to uphold to its soldiers or the church? To, yeah. you know, what, what is what is the other side of that? And I would love to see, you know, I pledge myself in this. Okay, and okay, and we do this. We pledge ourselves, and that may be like that may be like implicit somewhere already. But like, what is that? You know that that's something. No. That I, yeah. Yeah. Oh, I'm with you, uh, and I'm I'm dealing with it right now too because um, my the officer's covenant is a pretty clear statement, but there's nothing about lifelong service within in the officer's covenant, right? And it's sure. a um, it it's the assumption that I I will uphold the principles and disciplines of the Salvation Army. Well, does that mean is that a catch-all phrase that for everything for the rest of my life I have to do what a couple people? I mean, uh, the the system yeah. says so. Uh, so I've struggled with the concept of covenant. Lately, not not the biblical concept of covenant, of course, right? <laughs> I, I struggle with the Salvation Army's concept, of, and I even um, even even as I was saying, it's funny that we both felt this. Like I was, I was struggling with the even saying soldiers' covenant at that moment. I'm not I'm not saying I don't. I just don't think that that is clear, and I think people take it to mean more than it is. And like like you said, there needs to be something coming back. And to me, one of the challenges connected to the congregational vitality in discipling groups, and this is what you hit on. This is why your music, I think, makes an impact is because it, uh, why the, the songs you've refreshed or Soldiers Hymn is that there's this shared collective vision of what we are as a movement, and then you speak into that. Well, there's a way that that's counter to the evangelistic kind of like just get soul saved because like you're talking to people who have already committed a congregation of people who see the Salvation Army as their church home even if you're not I, I'm not even sure if you're going to a core at this point like even if people aren't attending their salvations all over the world who affirm these beliefs but at the same time it's like we, we, how we exist as a congregation how that co congregation serves the cup upholds their end of the covenant and I'm not sure that that's entirely clear so when I yeah. talk about covenant I'm saying like, yeah. I, I don't really even, I, I think that's a whole book. <laughs> yeah, agreed, agreed. Well, I look forward to reading when you write that. Oh, book. okay, <laughs> we'll see something. But th th there's, I, by with, I think that's a tension that we have to have. So when I talk about what centers us, what connects us, I, I'm, I'm hesitant to use the language covenant. I would think articles of faith, lifestyle commitments. I think mm -hmm. there's something to that. Um, cool. Yeah. Okay, let me let's get to send the fire. Tell us a little bit about that song and a little bit of what what went into that and that's how, that's we I just passed um when we were recording this Pentecost Sunday was past Sunday. Tell me about yeah. that song. Uh send the fire 1996. I was uh just got a I got out of high school. I was living in Boston, uh going to school and I staying with I was staying with um at the time captains um uh, Bill and Sue Dunnigan. Oh yeah, might know the Dunnigans. Um, and he had uh, Bill had a uh, you know one of those the the, the, the what is it, like songbook and song it's, it's like a songbook and Psalms or something like that. Yeah, uh, New Testament and Psalms. Books. Yeah, yeah, New Testament and Psalm and the Psalm or something. Yeah, like it that. was all combined yeah. in one little book. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so I I uh, there's no piano in the house. Um, at, the, at that time, and I, I didn't play guitar, but I, I was starting to teach myself a, a little bit on on one of those guitars. And he had his book, and he had written some chords down um, that for 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 that song in, in the actual book. Okay. The chord. Um, 
And so I, I went and I, uh, I, I thought, oh, well, I, I really like these words. <laughs> um, so I just started playing around with it. And um, uh, yeah, that I, I, you know, it was I literally if you're playing guitar, it's really the chords that I use on Simfire are very simple. And they're one of the, some of the first ones you you learn and you play guitar. So those are the chords that I knew on guitar. And so I was, um, that just sat there, you know, I, I, I that, you know, cause in the original it's da, 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 right. And so the song doesn't have a chorus per se. Right. Uh, right. Sure. And so I just said, well, let's just, let's, let's take that out and let's make that the chorus. And so that, that's the, I don't know if you, anybody cares about the nitty gritty but that is that was the genesis that just sat there for years and years until eddie hobgood asked me if i would take some songs and, and do them for the 2004 uh, uh territorial youth institute and so uh yeah so that was just and it went off when we did it when we when we actually played it 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 resonated so much with the youth wow um that we would we we would play that song and you know it went from rousing to meditative and the holy spirit was just really moving and um yeah that's i don't know if that yeah that's it yeah i love hearing about that and of course the one of the challenges is this the the back to the form and function piece like this is a beautiful song written by the founder of the Salvation Army, right? And there's a lot of depth to it. There's even like things you can look at historically with the way he, you know, calls for another Pentecost. I mean, this is a wild theme. I mean, it's wonderful. But the, yeah. the form that it's at, that, so that's the function. Like those words, the Holy Spirit taking them and making an impact in somebody's life. Well, the form uh, did not connect. I'm, and some people might write me some hate mail because of this. But <laughs> the old tune, Tucker, just yeah. doesn't work for our time. I'm just gonna say it. Like it's nice and uh, it's a it's a nice melody in itself, but to me, so I mean, you'd have to like you have to like dress it up in such a way that it could really have some fire to it. But generally, it, the the melody itself kind of naturally slows down. Ba da dee 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 dee. I'm, I'm sorry, yeah, I shouldn't be singing. Whole, no, you're, you're fine. You should. You got a great voice, Andy. That that. that chromaticism is is really particular to a particular time right, in history right. the, 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 the the melody that it just we don't we don't sing in that way anymore so that's another reason it doesn't work but you know uh someone else did i forget who the other um i forget who forgive me it's, uh it was a it was a mid-90s type of thing it wasn't a salvation army group right no right. it wasn't and that that's a that's a song that has you know talked about going outside of the salvation army that's a song that has had impact in a lot of pentecostal um places right and i think it, um i'm a part of a team and i've worked with you a little bit on this that's developing a new pan wesleyan hymnal and send the fire will be in there oh, yeah. i think we have i surrender is going to get in there too so um or, or maybe i'm in his hands i forget but anyways we've made that suggestion it's not the final okay. version's not there one of those Phil Lager songs. <laughs> one of those, one of those Phil Lager songs for the, but but you're making it, and you're in the new, the new songbook too, so that's that's pretty good. It's yeah, and, and even right. that song. Okay, so I'll just fully admit, like our weakness in the the Tampa Salvation Army Church. This um, when I'm recording this, we're still serving it in Tampa, and um, we just the band that we had this past Sunday couldn't do "Send the Fire," and we had our our 
music, our praise and worship musicians weren't weren't available this past, so we just we just couldn't do it, and so we had to revert to doing the one that's in the songbook, which is the 1990s version, which is a little bit easier to play. But what what I'm saying is, the problem with that is, it's even that one's dated, and I'm sorry to say, Phil, there might even come a day where yours in the fire's dated. Oh, I already feel like it is. But, you know, that- <laughs> That's just because I've been playing for uh, playing it for 18 years now. So, right. um, we have to be, just be ready. Yeah, to things, yeah, things do move on, and you know, and, and and I mean, I've already experienced a little bit of this, Andy. When I, when we lived in Australia, we went to a core that, um, what in terms of what the music was, right? And, and what the and it, there was no, there's no brass band, and ter- but you know, just just there was only a contemporary worship. Uh, team and even saying contemporary there was only a praise band or whatever it is rhythm whatever band whatever you want to say yeah rhythm band. <laughs> um i was i i got to a point where we were playing not hillsong not even just hillsong united hillsong young and free song which is the next iteration of even more poppy kind of and i'm and i'm and i'm like oh this is what people feel this is what brass band people feel like when i when i mess with their songs you know oh interesting uh, uh, yeah. So, but it's, you know, and, and there, there's, I feel like there's just, just a real cool generational overlap that's happening right now where you have people of all ages interested in all kinds of genres. And it's, you know, you just have to be willing to go with, with whatever speaking to people because yeah. the forum is going to always change. Yeah. Well, I'd love to have more time. Um, we're going to have yeah. to close. This is great, Phil. You know, and I see you online, and I'm so thankful to get this opportunity because, like, even like we've, when we've been in crowds together, you might get five minutes here or there, but I've, I really value this time that we've had together. Even if, even if I for, forgot to press record and we don't get it, I'm thankful for this time that you've given me. Um, the name of my new podcast is uh, More to the Story, and I'm going to try to ask a question. I need to work on the grammar of it, but is there something more to the story about Phil Legger um, that maybe many people miss that you'd like to say? Is there more um, to Phil Legger? Is there more? There, there probably is. Uh, <laughs> I think um, people might, I don't know, people might think of me as something because I I am in front of people and I do have online presences that I, that I, I actually don't enjoy being in front of people. I don't know if that I'm a, that's more of a story. I'm, I'm an introvert and prefer to go for a walk in nature, prefer to sit and write a song rather than get up and play it in front of people. Um, I don't know if that's more, but that's where I, that's where I'm more, most comfortable and, and probably, all the time that I've been leading worship and in front of people, it is always a, um, every time I have to say, okay, Lord, this is not, I'm out of my comfort zone. Uh, I don't want to be in front of people, um, which, uh, it's a small cross to bear, but yeah, that's, that maybe that's, that's no, that's great. Thanks for being willing to share that. I think it's helpful for people to keep that in mind. Um, well, tell us just real quick. I didn't ask anything about your wife and kids. Tell us their names and, ages and that type of thing and we'll close up here yeah absolutely my wife sarah is amazing uh we've been married for 19 years and you know what i'm gonna go ahead and plug her youtube channel okay. she's surpassed she's surpassed me in subscribers now okay she does a furniture flipping uh really? channel that's getting off the ground uh yeah she takes furniture that she finds on the side of the road uh wow. or on the marketplace and she turns it around and she videos it she's amazing 
Uh, she's, uh, yeah, so she's from Australia. We met, that's a long story, but my kids are uh, Samuel, Aiden, and Hope. Samuel's 16 this summer. Aiden is 12 and Hope is 11. Wow, awesome. Well, I'm in the furniture, uh, you know, for the first time in my life, I'm having to buy some furniture, Phil. So I uh, might be checking out that channel here. Uh, Get her up, man. Well, thanks so much for your time, Phil. God bless you. And we look forward to seeing more It's coming. We'll put some information in the show notes for how people can listen to your music. Thanks, Andy.